Chevraya Kadisha. Let's get right to it. There's something, there's something gorgeous, gorgeous for us. You gotta tremble whenever you learn Parashat Kitisa. You have to tremble a little bit because you know what's coming. <laughs> Even though there's a lot of beautiful things here, you know, we have some more copies. And even though there's a lot of there's a lot of topics in the parsha in parsha Kitisa, a lot. We have Shabbos, we have the Kinor, the the, the Kior, we have the thirteen Midot Harachamim. But obviously, and we alluded to this in Shul as Shabbos, for us to wrap our heads around Chet Egel, it's not for this world. We'll never, we'll never fully understand it in this world. And anyone that offers their opinion says it. Anyone that has anything real to say offers it with tremendous humility. Because this is the type of the thing, this is the type of the, the stories in the Torah that it's just, it's so wondrous, but, like the Chidush Yarim says, since it was written in the Torah, therefore the Torah is inviting us to say, okay, dig deep. If this was not written in the Torah and we found out about it, it'd be us to mention, to speak like this about Yidim. He says the same thing regarding Moshe Rabbeinu hitting the rock. You think we understand? Oh, Moshe Rabbeinu, he was angry. His sister died in the morning, so therefore his anger got the best of him, and then he hit the rock. Who could say such words? It's not for us, Moshe Rabbeinu. But since these types of stories are in the Torah, it's, it's basically the Torah saying to us, come and seek me out. There are many different explanations by the Tzaddikim, by the Rishonim, by the Yachronim, as to what happened with Chet Ha'egel. This year, another shail was added on to me. I was doing a Pidyan Haben somewhere. And I was, they wanted me to share a little bit of the Pnimius of Pidyan Haben. Remember what happened when I was explaining about the Bechor and the Kohen? Remember the, 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 it's a very interesting thing. I was saying that, you know, why, do, why is there a Pidyan Haben? What's the meaning of Pidyan Haben? So really, really all the Bechorot kind of like belong to, to Kohanim. So whatever... And Kohanim were the only ones that weren't involved in... Chet- Levi was the only one that wasn't involved in Chet Egel, And therefore, long story. Someone raises his hand and says, I, and He said, I, I don't know if that's true. And I went to Cheder when I was a little boy. The guy is completely off now, but... I went to Cheder when I was a little boy, and if I remember correctly, I think the greatest Kohen of all time was kind of involved in Chet Egel, <laughs> And I was like... That's very correct. <laughs> I could explain that, but it'll take a few months because you could try to take that in like... Listen, there's Tshuva's Fred. Aaron's involvement in Chet Egel is something which will connect to what we're going to be learning tonight. But we have one important Yesod to learn tonight that I feel is Halacha Lemaisa, like literally speaking to us so loudly. We're going to be learning first... From this Sefer, Emuna Sitecha. This is Rav Moshe Wolfson, who's still alive. Should have a lot of Arichus This is Kodesh Kodashim. Do you remember the piece we did on Adar? Yishe Nichnas Adar, Marvin B'Simcha, the same Rav. What's that? And Rosh Chodesh Adar. Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph, And he's going to bring to us the story of, 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 of our Parsha in a light that I think we all know already, but he kind of spelled, you know, we, like you kind of know certain things, but then someone comes and spells it out, and you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. This is kind of it, but the way what he does with us is something beautiful. If we have time, we'll see something short by Reb Nassim, Breslover, which connects to this, but this is really amazing. We are on the second paragraph on Dav Shinvav. And what this tzaddik is doing, what this, what this Rebbe is doing, so here, this excellency. What this Rebbe is doing for us 
is very, 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 very important, important Torah. Okay, so you should learn Leilu Nishmas Itamar's Ima Raisa Bas Itamar. Okay, so this is a really, really, uh, again, like a, a thing that that will explain to us why why do we act the way we act? I mean, when we learn about our own impulses, you you learn a whole world about yourself. When you see when you can't hold back, or when you learn that there are things that you actually can hold back, you could learn so much about yourself. But there's certain things you can't hold back, right? What's the yesod of it? What's the foundation of when, when moments in life when I can't hold back? This is something not new. This is something that goes back generations. So look at this. is an amazing thing. Second paragraph. Ikar shmirat hayadut hu kniat midat hametinut. The ikar of guarding Yiddishkeit is acquiring the Mida of Metinut. Metinut means to be Matun. We have that Lashon in Pirkei Avot, where it says, Hevu Metunim Badin. That means patient. Patient. Don't you hate that word? <laughs> I hate that word. I'm not a chassid of that word. Ugh, even when you say that, I like, I'm <laughs> It's like you hear the word sevel, savlanus, it's like sevel, like this book. We've spoken about this. Metinut, the acquiring the mida of being matun, metinut. Yehudi tzarich liot ragil lehamtin ulitzapot ulechakot velo liot atz lehasig kodem hazman haraui. A yid must make himself into a person who's always waiting, you're always on call, you're always like, this could be, it could happen now, but I'm not forcing things to come. What does this sound like? Which Hasidus does this sound like? About Zionism? Or I guess anti-Zionism? Well, Satmar is saying, exactly, you must be people that wait. <laughs> right? You have to wait. There's, there's an Indian with what they're saying. <clears throat> but he says, don't be so pushy to make things happen before the proper time. Okay? That means having some kind of relationship. With the, what does that say about, what, what, what can we say about people with an impulse that things have to happen when they want it to happen? Or based on their calculation. What's the Indian? What, what else can we say about this kind of a person? What about them? Like, has to happen. No stuff? Huh? That they are proactive? Big time. Gadol not. But are you saying it in a bad way or in a good way? It's a good, like I don't always think it's a bad thing. So we're going to differentiate between the two. Being proactive is a must. But that, that does not mean that if things don't work out based on your proactiveness, that something's wrong in the chain. So being proactive is a must. No one's saying you're... Being matun, being, matun, being... I don't know what the right word is in English. It's, matun is just gentle. Sometimes this does not make you feel calm. The chakot, right? Matun is like, no, no, I'm here. It's going to happen. It's saying by Yosef Atzadik, he was sitting and waiting for his dreams to come into fruition. 
He wasn't sitting there waiting like, how could it be this didn't happen yet? He's impatient. The opposite. The opposite of patient. Impatient. Now look, look, this is, this didn't, when did this start? Look what he says here. Ikar chet eitz hadat haya shelo himtin adan harishon leochlo b'shabat keyeduim divrei chazal. Or Achaim brings down. The eitz hadat would have been permissible when? A few hours later. When did Adam and Chava eat from the tree? Well, approximately what time was it in our, in our concept of time? Let's say anywhere between 3 and 5 o'clock, right? So let's say, when was Bench Licht? When was Licht benching that Shabbos? The first Shabbos of the world, right? I don't know, was it winter or summer? Well, it was, uh, well, was September, right? But were they in Melbourne or were they, was Ghanedan in Australia? Was it, whatever it was, okay? According to the deus, is that it was going to be permissible for, to them. All right, what's the problem? Now... Had they only waited a little bit more, it would have been permissible, and they would have never had to leave Gan Eden, which means us being outside the realm of Gan Eden is a continuous opportunity to master the art of learning how to wait in a manner that, uh, and it's really about, the, it's very much about the ego, although it disguises itself as something holy. I was having a conversation just an hour ago with an old, I don't know why this happened again, but one of my history teachers from high school, he triggers me so much online. He posted a video that, uh, that was showing how, how Nebuch, the Ishmaelim, have, have a hard time living in Hebron. And yet it's like totally fine for them to live wherever they want in Hebron. And I, I, I went at it at him. And then, I, and then I realized, like, and I still call him by his, like, you know, Mr. So-and-so, right? Because he's my history teacher. I'm like, Mr. So-and-so. Reb Nassim Nebreslov says that the Yitzhahara knows that it can garb itself in the form of a mitzvah, and that's when it's most dangerous. And I know you're a Breslover. He goes to Uman, so, actually. I was like, don't let, don't let the Yitzhahara come and pretend that you're doing this in the name of Shalom Veshalva. So, it's sometimes, like, the need to be in, the need to be proactive. It's not really proactive. It's more I need things to work based on the calculations that make sense to me for them to happen. Differentiating between the two is a very very big Indian. Not so simple. Not so simple. Do you understand what I just said? I do. Yeah. It's hard. And I'm just thinking like of, like the opposite of let's say like I remember this I didn't sign let's say right. the image that you're supposed to carry with you that I was so strong was. Um, you have to imagine that like there's a soul in a there's a person in a burning building, mm-hmm. and like it's your responsibility, right. kind of like to 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 what to give it, give them those Shabbos candles, have those conversations, you know. But for them to then take on Shabbos, right? No, it's not. You see, the it? proactive is yeah. you giving them the opportunity to be in tune with Shabbos. Mm. Them keeping Shabbos—that's a different Indian. I'll give you the better. I mean, we've said this before. Reb Shlomo, one of the last things, interactions he had with the, with the Rebbe when he was on campus, he was going to the campuses and the Rebbe sent him out, was he said to them, this in you, he's like, look, I'm, I'm engaged, I'm, I'm offering them Shabbos and all these things, but how do I know if it really worked? Like if they actually really went for it after. And the Rebbe told him, it's not for you to know. That line, Reb Shlomo said, shaped the way he looked at Bichlal, the whole world of what the world calls Kiro, but it's not for you to know, because if it's for you to know, then it's about you saying it worked, right? It's not for us to know. Okay, now let's go back inside. 
אילו היה ממתין, if they would have waited, היה אז מותר לו, והיה אז משיג השכלות הנחמדות. The wondrous world of wisdom which would have been then given to Adam Arishon, it's a da'at, all the da'at in the world, would have, be given, would have been given in a Shabbos dick away, because it would have been on Shabbos, had he waited to eat from the tree of knowledge on the day of Shabbos. וזהו השורש של כל החטאים של מין האנושי. This is the pre-mortal sin of all, this is the pre-mortal, pre-mortal humane sin. What's the first sin in the world? That we just didn't, it's not that we ate the wrong thing, it's that we didn't eat it in the proper time. Because based on us, it had to happen now. We are supposed to eat it now. Think about it very deeply. According to this teaching, that is what the first Avera was in the world. Actually, timing. timing. Wait a few more hours, would have been permissible. That's the Avera. They weren't eating treif. They weren't eating basar b'chalav. According to this cheetah, they weren't eating nevelas. It wasn't the time. No, no, no one should start feeling guilty, but the first one that actually did eat this and didn't wait was Chava. She was the first one that ate. And then the Torah says, What was her punishment? That the whole Indian cycles in life and physical pain, this is going to be your Zach. Because what's that all about? זהו דם, דיני דל דם, בסולים, המוכרים אומרים בזה, כי תיקונה הוא להמתין עד שתיטהר, I don't want to go into it too much, but Chava is very much connected now then to waiting for time, in turn, in turn, in, until purity, she'll be again in a state of purity. That's the, that's the woman since, since the beginning of the primordial sin that had to do with time. I don't want to get, you understand, I'm not, בכובע נבצניאס, but just to put it out there, that's what he's saying over here. Is that, is that you're with me? Okay, now, that's true about humanity. That's the shorish of humanity's, I would call it a miscalculation. But the Balatanya tells us something amazing. And anyone that's learned Tanya has seen this. You know, the, since the time we were thrown out of Gan Eden, was there ever a time again that we were actually back in Gan Eden in this world? Only one more time. When was that? Kabbalah Satora. But we did the Cheta Ego, and then again that state of Gan Eden was taken away from us, and the Balatanya says it's never going to come back again. There'll be no cleansing of that pollution until Mashiach comes. So what happened? We were in a state of total Gan Eden. In Gan Eden, it came back to us, that purity came back to us. Kabbalah Satora lost it again with Cheta Ego, and it's only going to come back again with Imois HaMashiach. But what was the problem with Chet Egel? Same thing. Time. Ikar HaShoresh El Chataim BeYisrael Hu HaEgel Are the root of our Chet as a people is we have a business with the Egel. Ve'en lecha dor she'en bo mi Chet HaEgel Every door somehow is connected in some manner to the Chet HaEgel. Even our door, even though you and I as far as I know, don't have these rushes and needs to build golden calves, but the, the Indian behind the golden calf is still very much there. What's the Indian behind the golden calf? It's what Yisrael just said. It's what happened with Adam and Chava, and today's generation is more accurate than ever. Instant 
now. It should be. The word things should be. This should have happened until now. Fourth line. Just like Adam and Chava didn't wait, and they went right away to eat, and if they would have waited a bit more, it would have been permissible. So to Am Yisrael, what happens? What does the, the Pasuk tell us? Vayar ha'am ki boshesh lavo. That Moshe Rabbeinu didn't come down based on their miscalculation. Can I ask a question? Oh, definitely. You just did. But I'm going to... Just give me, give me a few more seconds. The same exact Indian happened again at Har Sinai. That, remember what Rashi tells us very clearly. Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, I'll be back. When did he say, I'll be back? After how, many, after how much time? 40 days. There were six hours of a miscalculation. It was during those six hours that the Cheta Egel happened. Now let's give a little cover to my Zaydi Aaron, because I, I said something in the beginning that wasn't so nice, but the Koyen, let's bring it back and remember what the Orachayim tells us. How could it be that the Aaron Koyen was the one that gathered and assembled all the materials which made the golden calf? How could it be? Aaron Akon was the one that told everyone, okay, go and tell your wives to bring all the gold. So we learned it already. It's important to remember. Aaron Akon was certain that for the women to part from their jewelry would take more than six hours. And therefore he said, hey, it's going to take a long time. <laughs> By the time they come back with what they think they're going to make a golden calf, <clears throat> my, shit, my brother's going to be back and then it won't be a problem. What's the problem? For some Indian, the women had no problem parting with their gold, with their gold and silver, and they gave it to Aaron Akoyan right away, and then it was in his hands, and he didn't know to, it, was, it was too late already. That didn't work. But even Aaron Akoyan's whole mission, what happened with him was showing us, oh my God, when you want something to happen on your own cheshbon, you're going to work, you'll act like this. You'll part from things you would have never parted from before if it adds up to your own ego way of looking as to how things should be. And if it, has to, if it should be like this, I'm going to make sure that it's the way that I think things should be. So the women and the men were like, we need a God that works for us. So we need a shliach that works for us. And, even, and I guess this calculation didn't work. So we're going to make sure it happens because... We don't have any midah of hamtana. I just want to fast forward <laughs> much later, but mamish this chodesh other. Where else do we see the concept of miscalculations playing a really bad role? When the, one of the tribes went into Israel beforehand. Um, it's not one of the tribes. It's the Ma'apilim. Yeah, and look what happened to him. Look what those guys happened. Much later. What's the origins, what's the story behind the Se'ud of Achashverosh? What were they celebrating? Why did Yidin allow themselves to eat at that Se'udah? Because, remember the story? 70 the 70 years? They thought, they missed the calculation as well as to... When does the story of Purim take place? Between the first and second Beis Hamikdash. How many years between the two are there? 70 years. 
but they missed the calculation again, and based on their calculation, they said, I guess we really are doomed, we're never going back. And they allowed themselves to go to that Seuda. And Bichlal, the Seuda was a celebration that the prophecy is not happening. That's why it says that Achashverosh had all these kalim from the Beis HaMikdash present at that Seuda, celebrating the fact that the hope is gone. So it was Kimat 70, it was 69, it was right there. And we know, later that year, what ended up happening? Yidin went back to Eretz Yisrael and built the second base of Mikdash. But we see this role, this theme, keeps on, keeps on coming up, that when it doesn't add up in my mind, it must be off. When something doesn't add up in my mind, it must be off. And this is a very important Indian this Rav is saying, this Rav, Rav Moshe Wolfson is saying that it keeps on happening over and over again. And look how he shows it in our Parsha. It sounds like it's, the, it's even more than ego. It's like, it's I'm, I'm in control. Like, I, I, this has to be under my terms. And I'm in control. Of, and it has to be that. That's what it this is. is right. Yeah. But Based on my like understanding that, of Hashem. Hashem. Right. No, it's my interpretation of Hashem. My interpretation of Hashem dictates that this needs to be now. Now, based on my interpretation, it's not happening now. There's a problem here. So I can either wait a little bit, but that, that would show. What would that show if I'm, everyone's looking at me and I'm waiting? What, is that, what would that show about myself? It's a weakness. Weakness. What would they say about me? You're not a leader. Leaders don't wait. Leaders are only proactive. Leaders are only proactive. But it's the biggest tikkun in the world when a leader says, maybe even according to my cheshben, maybe I was wrong also. Could be. Yes, Yaakov, what do you uh, want to ask? Do you, can I... Oh, are you going to hate me for this? Uh, Moshe, You've said that so many times I, and I still uh, love Moshe, you. Moshe, uh, on one of the plays, I think it's going to happen around midnight. The last one. Okay, around midnight, so that they couldn't put anything on it. Here he said... Why didn't he say, I'll be back around 40 days <laughs> instead of going exactly 40 days? And that way, it wouldn't have happened because they would have waited. Oh, you know what? He's a little bit late, but it's okay. It's around 40 Great days. question. Great question. Maybe they wouldn't have let him go up to the mountain if he wouldn't have given them an exact time of when he's coming back. I don't know. It's a good... It's, you hear it's it's a Shaila? Question. It's a great Shaila. Mm-hmm. It's Makat Bechorot. It says... And there's a lot of Torahs on why exactly it was like that. We can get into that. We have in the past been getting into it. And you're saying, why didn't Maishir Rabbeinu use the same element of, you know, to prevent, you know, when somebody, when somebody communicates something and somebody, other people don't understand, you can usually point the finger to say that just wasn't communicated clearly. You can't blame the listener always. Right. You could say, like, you should have been clearer. You could say, but they didn't. That's the thing. Even when they came down, it's not, it's almost like they didn't say, wait, wait, well, you said, you know, it's not a whole conversation of, well, you, it's your fault. It was almost, it was just a shock. It was just a shock. Mm-hmm. That just shows that it was really more about their need to fulfill some kind of an emptiness as opposed to being in awe of a bigger picture. And again, that's why a lot of our holy brothers and sisters that are not Zionists in the sense of not really believing that the Indian now is to come home, 
I want to give a big kavzchut to them, is that it, maybe it's coming from a place of don't move to Eretz Yisrael to fulfill your spiritual need. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a big stretch here just because it's a very sensitive place in my life, but in all our lives, mm-hmm. perhaps, let's say that may be an Indian. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard, but it's mani Okay, so fourth line again. The same thing that happened in Garden of Eden happened again at Har Sinai, is what he's saying. Boshesh means like a, that, that like, Boshesh is like it didn't happen, right? Ki Bashesh. That's like that the sixth hour came according to their calculation and he still didn't come. Don't say Boshesh, Ela Ki Bashesh. The sixth hour came and he didn't come. This is happening on Ted Zayin Betamuz. They didn't wait for tomorrow for the Shiva Sebetamuz. And he keeps on saying that this, this happens over and over again uh, in, in, in all of our experiences in life. Now, we've had times where Mashiach Shekers have come, Navi Shekers have come, and they've told us it's going to happen by a certain time. Have you noticed that no one is saying that anymore? No one with even like an ounce of a cup is actually opening their mouth anymore in terms of it's going to happen by so-and-so. Because we've lost so many pure neshamas that are really waiting for Mashiach, but they're told it's going to happen by a certain time, and then when it doesn't happen like that, wow, what, they're either going to build a golden calf or they're going to check out a Yiddish guy. Well, except for the first COVID patient. That was a hard one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yossi was preparing all of us for the possibility of Mashiach not coming. Oh, she thought it was coming. No, all of us thought we were... No, no. Yossi was doing... No, we were were like like you. Yossi was the one that was... Gathered the troops together, Mincha, before Pesach, that first COVID, and said, okay, boys, what happens when we open the door for Shavuot HaMascha? And he doesn't walk in. See, it's Yossi's fault. If he didn't open the door for that thought, we would have stayed in in our realm... Listen, Rebona Shleilam wants us to grow our kashya to wait for Mashiach. When Mashiach comes to pound him with the kashya of, where in the world have you been? There's only one catch-22. If the Mashiach actually comes, you're not going to feel the need to ask that shayla. It's hard for us to imagine that. It's hard for us to imagine. Because we're going to understand why he came exactly when he came, why everything there'll had be, to happen. Yeah, there'll be a completely new da'at, like the Navi says, umala ha'aretz, da'at Hashem. It's not the way that we understand things now. There's going to be a completely new form of da'at. It's like the Gemara says, teiko, teiko, teiko. I don't know what the answer to this is. I don't want the answer to this. Teiko means Eliyahu Navi will come. And he'll explain the shaylas. Those, and by, uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll still want Elianovi to come and explain to us how Abaye and Rava, who's really right. But what about the children that were killed in Piguim and their parents have to deal with that in this world? Don't you want Elianovi to come and metarets that? 
We have a, there's a lot of things we're waiting for Eliyahu Navi to come. But if it's based on our ego of how things need to happen or when to happen, then, even, then, the, then we're missing the whole point. We're missing the whole point. It's not about that. It's about understanding that our job in this world is to take our watches and through the Torah, through the Torah and through emuna and dvedut and sincere outpouring of the soul, mechaven our watch to God's time. Zehu. Zehu. I say three times a day and you say that Hashem knows exactly when to give who what. Do I believe in those words or not? We say, which means you give people what they need in order to survive in their time. So I, be- I either believe that or I don't believe that. I say it three times a day. Maybe that's why Chazal say that, you know, it says in the Gemara that a person that says Ashrei three times in a day, he's like, you know, he's like a Geula Dikayid because I am, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a Geula Dikayid when I really do believe that Hashem gives me exactly what I need at the time that I need it. I don't always remember that. But when Mashiach comes, all these Shilas are going to go away. So based on what we saw over here, this is based on what we saw over here, the Tzadik is telling us this trend of miscalculations has kicked us out of Gan Eden twice. It also <clears throat> almost brought of the complete annihilation of Yidin in the time of, of Paras as well. What's the avoda? What would be the avoda of it? If check in to see in yourself what happens to you when things don't work out in a time that you feel they should have worked out. Now, it would have been great if I personally learned this Torah about, I don't know, eight months ago maybe, the shul, because I'm saying like with, with, with shul stuff, like he, Hashem, is, Hashem decided a long time, not that Hashem decided, it was chakuk in the Bria when we're going to be in our shul. When is <laughs> in the In exactly the time that Hashem, no, I get asked every day, maybe three times. I'm not kidding. Every single day, maybe three times new. When? No one buys that answer. Yeah. It, even though it's true. But no one, no one buys the answer. But the avoid is on the vote is on the Makabel to say, I know that based on my understanding, it should have been now. But that word should is Avodazara. The word should is not a word. Rip Shlomo never said that word. He said it's about the Zara. You can't say that word. Should. Should means that it, some, you know, it should be different than whatever it is right now. HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides things in his time, always did and always will be. And our all Indian is to crack through this and realize that when something doesn't work out, it's because of, it really is because of my calculation that didn't add up. Now, what happens if it's based on a tzaddik's calculation that didn't add up? This is a very legitimate shayla. What does it say about a tzaddik that said that certain things are going to happen by a certain time and they don't? What do you do with that? You notice the Rebavitcher Rebbe never said when, right? But he definitely spoke about it as if we're on the cusp. Now, in, 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 in bird's eye view of history, we're still on that cusp, right? We're still there. It's still right there. It's 
And I still hold on to the Rebbe's words of it's just a matter of that one more mitzvah that's going to tilt, right? But it can't be me that says that by a certain time it has to happen. Because then I'm eating the tree of knowledge, then I'm worshipping a golden calf again. The opportunity to remove my sense of things needing to be a certain way presents itself again and again and again and again and again. Or, by now, I should have had this level of relationship with my spouse. By now, my child should have understood the difference between so and so. Really, why? Because, in whatever answer you give, if you listen to yourself, you sound ridiculous. It's a real Indian of Tikkun Amidah's big time. Yeah? Oh, I think it's. I think it all is. It's all just you. It's you. It's you're in the way. You've dictated that that certain things have to happen at a certain time. That's all it is. Mamash, zakol ego. A person that's removed from like that. It's about him. Maybe he can dive into Hashem and say, "Aseleman, Am Israel." It should be now. And maybe maybe the Rosh would hear that. But if it's about I say to the man that I don't look like a fool. That's horrible. Like, you know, I represent you. Don't make me look bad, God. It's got to happen now because I, I thought that's what you meant. Not a good Indian. Okay, so that was really the ikra of what, what I wanted to, to share. But I'm just going to share with you. We're not going to do it inside. I'm just going to share with you outside how I saw Reb Nassim take this, this, this amazing concept. Now, Reb Nassim says like this, that anyone that wants to draw upon himself the emuna of his ratzon and to really save himself from all the tsaras in the world, the only thing is mastering the art of hamten. Hamten. Lehamtin. What happens to you when you're in the waiting room? Who do you become in the waiting room? Do you become agitated? Or do you discover the gift that's waiting for you in the waiting room? According to Reb Nassim, there's a gift waiting for you in the waiting room. But you can only discover it when you makabal that waiting time, the simcha. You can't discover, say, okay, I'm accepting that it's not happening now. What am I supposed to learn right now? From my, that's not going to work either, obviously. Because that takes you either into the past or the future. But not in the now. You're not in the waiting room. You're physically in a waiting room, but you're not. You're mamash, not, not, not in the moment. So Ibn Nasan says, Heim asu mamish. Yedin did exactly the opposite in the time of the golden calf, mamash. Because he says that by the fact that they, they saw that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't coming down, it started to put a suffix in how badly they really wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to come down or anything to come down. Do you hear how deep that is? I'm going to try to repeat this. They, made, they, they ended up doing Avodah Zarah, and Reb Nassim says Avodah Zarah is the exact opposite of Emunah Saratzan, of believing in your will. And we've suffered so much over the generations, really from this concept of realizing, was I really waiting for Moshe Rabbeinu to come down with the Torah? Or was I just waiting for advice to fix me? And because I was realized I was waiting for advice to fix me, I ended up creating a vice that I thought would fix me. But I wasn't waiting for that thing which I thought I was waiting for. Do you understand how deep this is? It's very scary because you just 
plug this into asking people, what does it mean to you to wait for Mashiach? What's that? You know, and then you'll hear some wacky answers in terms of like, well, when Mashiach comes, then, and then you could basically, you know, hear a person saying, well, then I won't have to deal with that, as if that's what Mashiach comes for. Yeah, it's very heavy. I'm just warning. <laughs> it's very, very heavy stuff. Can I ask it maybe in a way that might give him the answer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely help me. It's saying like, um, as soon as I fix this issue, this will happen. And then you become so... This should happen. This should happen. You convince yourself right. that, that this should happen. If this gets fi- if, if this, if this gets, Indian this gets, gets, fixed. gets taken care of. And yeah. instead, the approach has to be to be prepared that closing a do- one door or opening one door may lead to another door. You can't keep... Yes, that, mm. you do have to work on that. But that's not about that. that. Yeah. That's not, a, that's not, the, that's not the vice uh, to cause this to You happen. still have to... D- this exactly. is the avoda to get there. Even Mashiach coming. See, we think the ultimate is this Mashiach coming, everything will be solved. It's like... Oh, even Mashiach coming. Meaning even Mashiach coming, well, even Mashiach Rabbeinu coming down with the Luchos. Again, we saw, basically, we were shown that what we wanted wasn't necessarily what we thought we were waiting for. Because I was okay with, f- with <laughs> filling that in with, with a golden calf. What happens to me when I realize that I'm willing to you know, think that a golden calf can fulfill my heart and soul like Moshe Rabbeinu coming down. So in our lives, we see like we're waiting for certain things. We think we really want them. They don't happen the way we want them to happen. So, but I need to fix that chisaron and I fill it in with something that's not even close to what I thought I was waiting for initially. So is it almost like doing away with calculations? Like calculating, if I do this, and this will be... That's what to- I think that's what Toby was machavening to in the beginning. Yeah. Calculating, calculating things. Meaning, I calculate, this is going to happen or should happen. Now, since that didn't, that means the whole thing that I was building, not bring in another number. And let's go back to last week's year where it's saying, you can have those calculations, but you have to be prepared that you've miscalculated. Have those calculations right. and keep looking for those things that you should be doing. But be prepared and almost expect that you're off on your calculation right. and be ready right. for what comes next. That's right. much healthier. But, but aren't, we, aren't we talking about Harder. two very different things, one spiritual, one physical? When you're doing something to prepare for something to happen in the physical world, when we're talking about Moshiach, to me, it's waiting for... We don't know what's going to be. Mm-hmm. But let's prepare ourselves spiritually so that when it does come, we will be able to more easily accept it. But doesn't the spiritual and the physical cross over? First of all, the, uh, the, the, Aleph, it's one. There's no difference but two. Is that... When, we're talking about timing over here. When he comes, meaning like, that's why it says, meaning, I'm going to wait for Mashiach like he's coming today, even if he comes in three months, mm-hmm. which is like a stretch. 
<laughs> right? But, that, but that's what it means. That's the Lushan of the Rambam. That's not my Lushan. Right? Although, you know, the Baba Chilebi didn't sing those words. Mm-hmm. No? You know, but those, the next words he didn't say. And even if it takes a long time, I'm still going to He didn't even open the door for like that realm of singing about the fact that, think that it may take longer because every Indian of the Rebbe was just, mm-hmm. let's daven and keep on waiting that it should happen and it should happen and it should happen. Allowing ourselves to be engaged in the process without attachment to the results. The gamre. The result over here is time. That's what we're speaking about. The end is going to happen. The when we're attached to the results, the timing of the results is what is what. Right. Yeah. Now look, he he, he just says one line here that I want to say. Masha harben noflim bedaatam asha achar sheitchilu ktsat ba'avodas Hashem. You see people that after they began a little bit of avodas Hashem, Reb Nassim says, and then they 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 have a nefila, they fall in their dat. Ve'enamit chaskim od beretzon chazak la'Hashem itbarach. And they don't get strong again for Ratzon to get close to Hashem. Nimshach gam ken mizem This comes from this world of suffolk, of doubting. Was this real? Because if it was real, then when I was giving my all, it should have worked. And I should have been in a place where I feel what I thought I should be feeling by then. And the moment that your calculation of what you should have been feeling or where you were, where you were going to be holding by now, the moment that you have a nefila, he says, this, you're drawing from the same place that Yidin did at, 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 at Mamad HaSinai. Ki kol ma shechazakim yoter be'emunat ha-ratzon, shakol b'yertzono yitbarach, bevadai mitchazek yoter ratzon ha-adam la'asot ratzono. The more that you're strong in the emunah that the ratzon that you have, that Hashem is running everything on his time. So for sure, your own ratzon gets stronger and stronger to just do Hashem's ratzon and removing the eye of how Hashem's ratzon at, one, at what time in life that's going to mashpia on me will happen. Liberating. What'd you say? It's liberating. Oh, it's gone. It's, uh, I would say it's probably the closest we'll get to Gan Eden outside of Gan Eden. If what threw us out of Gan Eden was the opposite of this, then yes, then, then, then probably. Mashab, he says, this is the hefech, because Rabbi Nachman says, Ikara but if something comes and puts a suffix in your ratzon, and that's what the Yidin really had a suffix in, do we really want this or not? Like they, they, may, they may have gotten a glimpse of themselves while they were making a Ele Elokecha Yisrael, while they were making this, this, this Egel Azav, and they looked at themselves maybe and they said, is this, really, is this really what we wanted? Does this really substitute what I, you know, what I thought it would substitute? And, 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 and then Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, these Yidin, if this pollution com- continues to spread through Am Yisrael in the desert, then every time something's not going to happen the way that they think it should happen in the desert, there's going to be a whole revolt again. So what ends up happening? What does Moshe Rabbeinu have to do? Kill 3,000 Jews. Because there's no makom for that 
in, in a world where people are trying to unite as an am, an am of ma'aminim that have to remove their interpretation of when things have to happen. That cannot be part of Am Yisrael in the desert. So it's a wild thing. That's a bigger Avodah than building a Egel Zav. A million percent. A million percent. I mean, the, you can't have that energy as a nation is being formed if every time something doesn't work out in, you know, aligned with your expectation then every time something doesn't work out based on your t- timing of expectation, you're going to keep... The Am, there's going to be such pollution within the Am every single time. And it's like, for 40 years, we're just trying to really rid ourselves of the pollution of, of the suffolk that came inside of us. And we're still not there yet. You know, we're still not there yet because... You know, that what's beautiful is that the Rebbe said, we have to scream Ad Masai, right? Which means... You know, till when, but if by screaming till when you also say, and I'm also stopping to do Torah and mitzvahs until you answer my question, you're building a golden calf. It says your golden calf. It's your own etzadas. It's your own what works for you. It's still not mechav into the right place. I'm not, God forbid, speaking about anyone that came out of Auschwitz. We already know what we say about Yidin that came out of there. <laughs> they're, put, they're, they're in a state of onen their whole lives and their whole being. We never judge anyone. God forbid they came out of Auschwitz and has these, these problems. That's not for this world. It's, but we, a gen, you know, this generations later, not only have a right, we have an obligation to scream Ad Masai and show Hashem, you're never getting rid of me. No, none of the calculations have added up. Nothing. But you're stuck with me. And I'm going to say that Simcha, because Rabbi Nachman told me to. Right? I'm going to say, B'Simcha, you're stuck with me, we're stuck with each other, Givalt. even if it's hard, even if it's painful, even if it doesn't add, does it add up that we're still with God? Shoshana's in, I think she's, a, she's in a Maidanic tomorrow, Shoshana Yulman, she went with a group this morning of, of a, an Ulpana. You know, she sent me some pictures today from the, 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 the cemetery in Warsaw. Does it make sense Based on calculations that we've stuck with the Rebbeinu and that we feel like Hashem is stuck with us, because we're made out of something that's bigger than our own ego. So every year, Parashat Kitisa, we have an opportunity to look inside the pnimius of the Chet. And now we understand why the Baal Shem Tov says that Chet means to lehachti, to miss the mark, because they push it, miss the mark, both in timing and both in substitution of what they thought they really wanted, which ended up not being that as well. In the schus of our learning how to wait, Hashem should please just have Rahmanas on us and let this Torah be theoretical. Mm. Is that okay to say that after everything we just said tonight? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah? Can you give me a head there fast? Because I, I don't want to... Ma- yeah? <laughs> We're okay? All right, Thank you. Thank you, Krems.